0: you are listening to Fly By Night, a podcast
1: by FedEx Pilots for FedEx Pilots. Brought to you by the FedEx Master Executive Council of the Airline Pilots Association. And now, here's your host, MEC Communications Chair, Captain Chris Lee.
0: My guest today is Captain Tim Fingers, who represents the Indianapolis-based pilots as the Council 500 Chair and the Block 14 Representative. Thanks for coming, Tim. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Talk a little bit about your background before FedEx and what you've been doing since you've been at FedEx. Okay, so I was uh, born and raised
1: in the Pittsburgh area and uh, spent 28 years in the Pennsylvania Air National Guard flying KC-135s right out of Pittsburgh. That started for me in 1989. I got hired here at FedEx in 2005, and I was initially a second officer on the back of the DC-10, following that by a first officer in the MD-11, MD-10. And then switched to the 767, moved to Indianapolis in 2016. And now I became a captain about three years ago on the 76.
0: What made you want to get involved with volunteering at the union and becoming a block rep?
1: I think the biggest thing is, is that being in the military, it was very selfless service to the folks there. And so for me here in Indianapolis, it was the same thing. It was a small base that we've had in Indy, and it enabled me to get to know everyone there, or most of the pilots there. I just wanted to go and make a difference. If I can make a difference in people's lives and the betterment of the base, that's what I look to do.
0: Well, how do you see your role as an MEC representative?
1: Well, my role as an MEC representative is an advocate for the pilots, in essence, the voice in the room. I would like to make sure that Even though Indy is a smaller base, that we are heard, and as an MEC member, I am one of fifteen that has an equal voice in that room. So even though we only have 110 pilots, we are just as equal to anything that's in Memphis or in Anchorage or LA or all the bases.
0: Now that we're in Section Six negotiations, how do you see the pilots' role? Well,
1: I think the biggest thing that the pilots can do right now is to stay engaged. It's important to wear your pin. To wear your lanyards, to make sure that everyone's on the same team here because there are two teams in negotiations it is the union and the company. And we're hopeful that all of you will be part of our team as we go forward to get the best contract in the industry. Understand that even though you have issues with what's going on out there, it's not the union that's creating that, it's the company that's creating the policies, and the union is advocating on your behalf. There is a lot of stress. There's a lot of strain. There's a lot of problems that we have within the system right now. We realize that. The company realizes that. But there's only one that's really concerned about your quality of life and what's going on for you and your family.
0: November 1st was the amenable date of our contract. What's the significance of that date?
1: It should be clear to every pilot that we are in negotiations with the company. We have been in negotiations since May, so it's been about six months now. And As we go forward, we should expect and continue to expect the company to come to the table prepared and work with us at the table. And as long as the company continues to do that, then I think that we will have a contract as we expected in May of 22. At this point, it seems as though it's okay. That's the best I can say about it. It's obvious to anyone that's here that the company is seeking productivity gains and efficiencies off the back of the pilots. When they come to the table, we expect them to come in good faith so that they have realistic goals and realistic expectations on what they can get accomplished.
0: As the Indy rep, let's talk some about the issues going on in your base.
1: Well, there's quite a bit of stuff that's going on in Indy right now. If you don't know, most of the pilots that transfer in and out of Indy use the operations building. And so we have a new building that's underway and it is currently, well, just about finished right now except that they've had some issues with the conduit uh, going underneath the building. So all the technology is not installed in the building yet. So the new building won't be done. Officially, we can move in in January or February of 22 is what we're looking for. So we're only about a year and a half late when it was supposed to be done, but it is completed. One of the biggest things is that we only have 32 rooms, I believe it is right now. And so during the normal year without PEAK, There is not enough sleep rooms in Indianapolis for the amount of pilots that are required to have a sleep room. And so that's why the hotels have been really important in Indianapolis. And the people that get hotel rooms have to make sure they use those hotel rooms. That enables the people that aren't authorized them to have a sleep room. And so as we go into peak and it becomes busier and we have the delays that we've been having, you can continuously see the problems evolve where we're not going to have enough sleep rooms on every given night. And so that's why I've been very proactive in trying to get the new building open so that people can at least get some sleep as the nights turn longer. And one of the other things from an indie base, what I've seen is the company has been extending and changing the trip pairings that we typically have. And one of the biggest ones we have in Indianapolis is we fly a deadhead out to the West Coast. And then we fly from the West Coast, say, San Jose to Memphis, Layover Memphis for 12 hours back to San Jose for 24. A lot of fatigue calls have been occurring when we get to Memphis. The scheduling has called up and said, well, now we have you hub turning out of Memphis to go to wherever. And so that's been a problem for a lot of the indie pilots because they've been up all day, and now they expect them to be up all night, and you're looking at a 24-hour day. So I have seen multiple fatigue calls based on just those West Coast Memphis pairings, and it happens all the time. So the biggest point that I can get out of that for all the folks out there is make sure that you don't fly fatigued. That's the only thing I can tell you because the company is going to continue to push us to change the pairings, and that's going to be problematic.
0: Are there any other indie base issues you want to talk about?
1: Sure. One of the things that I have been big on for Indy is that our flying when we first opened the base was not what we expected and not what we were told we were supposed to have. So I've been very proactive in trying to increase the amount of flying and the quality of flying that we have out of Indianapolis. It was a struggle for a long time. For a long time, we had only one pure day flying line. And once we got... That changed a little bit, and we're looking for percentage equalization basically between all of the bases if we can do that. So in other words, if you've got 30% of day flying in Anchorage, you should have 30% day flying in Memphis and 30% in Indian everywhere. And so what I was trying to do was trying to get that number up because we were at about 5% day flying. And so what has happened is we got a little bit better when I came in here, and then what really changed things is the Sunrise Sword. And all you know that the Sunrise sort out of Indianapolis has been problematic when it first started out, but now it's actually gotten to the point where it's fairly stable. For the indie base, it's been better for us to make our flying a little bit more varied.
0: Well, Tim, thanks so much for coming. Any final thoughts?
1: I just want everybody to know that the MEC is united, and we are focused on gaining improvements for the pilots the MEC, the negotiating committee, the officers are all on one team, constantly working on your behalf to make this the best contract in the industry. And we will stop at nothing but that. I want you to realize that if you ever need to talk to me out there, my email is on the website, fdx.alpa.org. And I think it's also important to educate yourself on what we have going on And the best tool that I think that you can use right now is to go to fdxcontract2021.com. And in there, you'll be able to see the negotiations and what's been passed back and forth and where it sits. And you'll notice that the union has been on top of stuff from the get-go, and the company has not responded as quickly as we have. And I would like to make sure that everyone out there understands that we are here for them. That's what our job is. That's what we're doing. The other thing I'd like to address is that we have a lot of new pilots and those folks have a different mindset than some of the older folks. So this is something that we have to understand from an MEC perspective and focus on not the older pilots, the pilots in the middle, the pilots that are junior, but all of the pilots. And we're here to advocate for all of you so that once again, we do get the best contract in industry. One of the last things I'd like to say is that the company looks past, the MEC looks past the negotiating committee directly to the pilots. If the pilots are all in unity, then we will get a contract quicker than we could any other way. So it's all about the unity. It's all about staying together on this. And if we can do that together, then we'll get this done in an expedited time.
0: Well, thanks again, Tim. And thanks for listening. If you have any questions, please go to our website, fdx.alpa.org and utilize the dart link. And as always, be safe out there, and we'll see you next time.